This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're in for a special treat. How many heard Adonis earlier when he came? That was last year, wasn't it? So you know you're in for a treat. But he brought Heather with him. Yes. I'm excited to hear from Heather. Uh, Adonis had a great testimony about you, Heather, that if he ever messed around with you, you could take him out without any evidence. <laughs> You'll probably hear some more about that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, this couple, I've known Adonis for a long time. Uh, Pastor Danny had a group, a vanguard group, it was an association of different ministers and pastors and got to know Adonis then. And there was always something about Adonis, even when I first met him, that the hand of God was there. And it was, you could recognize it and see it. And plus, he's just a, he's a good guy. I mean, no, there's some bad guys in, in ministry and gals. But we just get the good ones here. So. And... Uh, Adonis and, and Heather, we're, we're just so blessed to have them here. So I want you to receive. I want you to be blessed. Get everything that you need. The Lord will speak to you. He'll minister to you. It doesn't matter how long you've been married. There's still things to learn. Now, having veterans in the house that say amen. Nobody has it down 100%. There's always room for improvement. So open yourselves. Ellen and I always, every year, will read a book or go to a marriage conference. We'll invest in our marriage. And because things slip and you can get complacent and we can't afford that. <clears throat> so we're going to pray and they're going to come up. Let me just say that Adonis has written two books. He's a, a, a speaker, a motivator, an author, and a pastor and just full of the word. And this, this team here is, uh, is God's team. And we've got God's team here for Valentine. In case, men, you've forgotten what is coming up, this is a reminder. This is the 10th. The 14th is coming in four days. Don't miss it. I don't want to see you out in the doghouse. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you instituted marriage, that this was your idea. You called us not to be alone. You called us to have a helpmate. You called us to be in companionship, to be in covenant together. And God, we just open our hearts. We open our ears to receive tonight, to receive tomorrow. Lord, we'll be like sponges and we'll just be pulling on the gift in, in Adonis and Heather. We make, by faith, we pull on the gifting. And Father, we thank you that you speak through them and to us, and we're forever changed. We believe we're not the same when we hear the Word of God. Thank you for the principles of faith that we'll learn and we'll experience. And God, we don't want to just be hearers of the Word. We want to be doers of the Word. So we purpose in our heart not only to hear, but to do, to put into action. Faith is an action word. And we're not going to be sitting on the sidelines. We're going to get in the game and use our faith and have our 
our marriages be a shining example of what God can do in two people's hearts. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and everyone said amen and say welcome these two, the minister. Amen, amen. How is everybody doing? Okay, I'm going to try that one more time because I just want to make sure we're in the right place, right? Okay. How's everybody doing? Any, any happy people in the house tonight? Any, any people that need to be happy in the house tonight? See, that was like that small clap. Thank you. No. Hey, guys, uh, I'm Madonna Slinsey. This is my lovely wife, Heather. Give her a hand clap. She came all the way from Nashville, uh, Tennessee with me. And we're just excited to be here, guys. And uh, we're just going to start off because we always like to go and, and introduce ourselves to people. And I know uh, when I was here, I think I introduced my family and I, I had a big picture of Heather and, and Grayson and Carrington. And they are also here tonight with us. They made the trip with us. So you guys will probably see them uh, throughout the weekend. But I want to start off by just uh, having everybody stand back up. We're going we're gonna to have a lot of fun tonight. Is that okay? Because we like fun. We, we like fun. And, and so, because we all know marriage is fun. Yes. <laughs> See, it got real quiet again. What's up with that? It's like, yeah, marriage I is... I think we might have some work to do yeah. this weekend. <laughs> marriage is so awesome. Amen. Amen. So I want you to do something because we're going to have a lot of fun. So I want you to just, all the gentlemen in the house, raise one hand. All right. That was, that was, that was you know, put it back down. That was kind of slow response. Y'all be like, yeah, I'm a man. Okay. So here we're going to try that again. All the gentlemen, raise one hand. Just identify yourself. Now take that hand and grab the, the hand of your wife real, real quick, all the gentlemen. And look your wife in the eye. And say, you're stuck with me, and I'm stuck with you, and we stuck together, but we're stuck on Jesus. Now go ahead and give her a kiss, and you can be seated. Now, your husband's at the Grizzly game, Christmas present. Okay, now I saw somebody making out back there. Don't be making out. I saw somebody, okay, you took it a little too far, Okay. So, cool. Okay. Well, we're just going to act like we're at home and amongst family and friends. And uh, we love Pastor Bob and Ellen. Y'all give them a hand clap. They are just amazing, amazing people, amazing friends. And, uh, man, we just, you know, so honored to be able to come down here and just kind of share. Just one of our passions is to help people in relationships and uh, whether they're single, dating, or married, and so God has just given us that passion. So, but before we dive into anything, I want you to just hear from my lovely wife, so you can get to know her, and uh, she is amazing. Once again, I married way up and out of my league, and um, it keeps me humble. Okay, and as Pastor Bob was talking, you know, when I was here, uh, the, when I came uh, several months ago, uh, I said something about my wife. She is a, a forensic DNA scientist. Yeah, so. You know, I know that I will only be able to take my kids so far in their education, and then I will be pointing to the mother. And so, but she told me before we got married, she said, if you ever do anything to cross me, I can get rid of you and all the evidence, and nobody will find out what happened to you. So I not only fear God, I fear this woman right here. And it keeps me straight, amen. So y'all give her one more hand clap, and she's just going to share a little bit about herself and... 
Now, I did say that, just for the record, before we got married. I did say that, and that is a true statement. So he walks a very, very fine line, very good line. So anyway, as Adana said, well, I never get to do, well, I shouldn't say never. I rarely get to do this, but can you guys give it up for my husband? Because he always does that to me, and I never get to do it for him. So I'm just going to share a little bit about my history and how we really ended up here, how we ended up doing what, what we do. And it, I'll just say this, um, I am from Wisconsin. I am a big Packer fan. So if you guys recognize, see, good, good. I'm good here, yes. Um, so if you recognize a little bit of my Wisconsin accent, or your people try to figure it out, where is that girl from? Because I'm a little confusing because I was in Wisconsin and then I was in Phoenix and now I'm in Nashville. So I'm all mixed up in, in my accent. So, And I am a, I'm from Texas, so I'm a huge Cowboys fan. So we still got a few issues going on that we're trying to work through here. We do. That is not a joke. We do. <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we need some ministry about that. Uh, well, anyway, I am, uh, grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up in a Catholic home, so I was not raised in ministry. And when I say I grew up in a Catholic home, that pretty much meant I went to church on holidays. That was about it. And uh, my grandparents were strict Catholics. My mom was a Catholic, so everyone in our family was Catholic. And, of course, that, like I said, meant that we went to church on holidays, maybe every now and then on the weekend. Um, but I grew up not really knowing God and not having a relationship with God. And my life was great. I grew up, I thought I had a great childhood. I uh, went to college. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do. Everything was wonderful. And I didn't think I had any, I, don't, I guess I didn't know I needed God. I didn't think I needed God. And really the only place uh, that I struggled in my life was in relationships. And uh, I got into... I started dating, you know, 16 or whenever uh, you start dating, and I got into a two-year relationship, and I was, you know, committed in that two-year relationship as much as a 16-year-old could be, and then that relationship wasn't fun anymore for me, so I didn't date for a while, and then I dated again and was in another two-year relationship. And that went on until about my mid-20s, at which time I met someone and I thought, this is it. This is, this is the person that I'm going to be with forever. And I got married in my 20s. And two years later, I bet you can guess what happened. I was divorced. So that was a very hard moment for me because... It's, it's not easy, if any of you know, going through a divorce, and especially in your 20s, and not knowing at that point, where, where do I go? What do I do from here? And I, that's when I really was introduced to God. And God just, you know how he places people in your life? And it was in that moment 
um, that I was down, and God just started placing people in my life, and I really feel I really started to feel like there's there's got to be something more than this, and that's when I started seeking God. That's when I got saved, and that's when, well, actually, I had got I got saved when probably five years before that, but it was a saved where, oh, I believe in God, and I believe God is my Savior, but I never walked it out. I never had a personal relationship with him until after, after I was divorced, and it was at that point where I just felt like God was saying, okay, I, I describe it as this. I felt like God literally dunked me in the head and said, okay, are you done trying this your way, and do you want to give it a try my way? And that is when I just really started seeking him. I really started feeling his presence. And that is when I really started changing my life. And it was little by little, I'm stubborn. I will be the first to admit I am stubborn. And, <laughs> well, yeah, I am. It's okay. It's okay. I am. And, and I'm stubborn. And God really had to work on me and started changing things and opening my eyes to so many things. And it wasn't just relationship things. It was everything. It was everything in my life. I started seeing things differently. I started living differently. I changed. I, I had that radical change that, peop, that you hear about people having. I was on fire for God, and I just wanted something different. And it was through all of that that God took me through a process a healing process, a healing with my relationships. He actually placed me, in, and now I'm, I was in my 30s, and he actually placed me in a home with a family that was also in their 30s. I'd lived on my own since I was about 18, and I was placed into an actual home with a family where I was able to see what a godly relationship looked like, because I had never had that before me. My parents actually were divorced when I was in my early 20s as well, so I had, I saw that relationship too, and God actually placed me in a home where I saw what a godly relationship was like, and it was through there that Adonis happened to be friends with the husband, and um, it was through that that we that we kind of started dating or and kind of met, and through that Adonis and I, I I knew God was preparing me to to have a right relationship at that point, and that had been a couple of years had I been walking out my relationship with God, and I knew that God had wanted me to build a foundation. And I did everything. We did every single thing in our relationship absolutely different than I had done in every previous relationship I had been in. So we walked through and built foundation for our marriage, and now we're seeing it come out in that foundation we built while we were dating into our marriage. So, you know, on our through our journey, there, I mean, there's a million stories, a million things that God did, but that brought us to writing our book, uh, so we could go out and help other people in their relationships, which now we've been married coming up on nine years. Next week will be our anniversary coming up on nine years. So we've transitioned from 
kind of speaking a, a lot about dating stuff to now what we've been walking through in our marriage. But it was because of our dating and the foundation of our dating that we were able, that we are able to have a healthy and happy marriage. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Amen. And so, uh, you know, that's Heather's story. And then with mine, when it comes to relationships, and I didn't talk about this last time I was here, but, you know, it's amazing how God will take two people that are, that are almost polarized, amen, and bring them together. And so my story when it comes to relationships, and, and the thing about that is, you know, Heather and I, we, we both have a, a, a past in, in our arena of relationships. And even things that, that uh, were painful at times and things that were um, ugly at times, it's amazing how God will take your brokenness and use it to bring healing and restoration to others. And that's the thing about a story. When we travel around, we tell our story. And so part of my story is, uh, you know, coming up and uh, not really being able to have a successful uh, relationship. And I didn't know why. Even after, you know, I tell people it's so funny. It's like uh, before I got saved, there was like no girls attracted to me whatsoever. But the moment I said yes to Jesus, it's like they came out of the woodworks. And it's like, what's going on here? It's like, you know, and then, you know, but I was never able to hold a godly relationship, even living for God and, and serving the Lord. And, and I didn't know what was causing that, that, that malfunction in my mind, in my spirit. And so um, always trying to do the right thing, but, but always uh, doing things that I shouldn't have been doing in relationships and still feeling broken about it and, and crying out to God. And finally, God revealed something to me that was a part of my past that I didn't even know that had, was, had really developed a stronghold on the inside of me. And, and so when I was at the age of 14, 15 years of age, my parents were going through a very hard and difficult time. Uh, and I didn't realize it then, and so I remember one day, everybody was gone. I was at home by myself, and uh, my dad worked for the railroad, so he was gone a lot, and so everybody was gone from the house, and we lived in a huge home, and I said, I'm just going to go down and sleep in the, in the, the, the master bedroom uh, because I'll wait for dad to get home, and so it was about five or six o'clock in the morning. My dad walked in to the bedroom that I was sleeping in, and he walked in, and, and he saw me laying in the bed, but he sat on the edge of the bed. And he never turned around and looked at me, Pastor Bob. He, ne he put his head in his hands, and as I came to, I heard him say this. He said, son, whatever you do, don't ever get married, and don't ever have any children. And he stood up, and he walked out of the room. I was 14 years of age, and when he said those words, I didn't get hurt, but immediately I saw my hero walking out of the room looking like he had just been beat down, and I equated those words, well, marriage and children have ruined his life, and I said, I will never be like that. So guess what? I went around saying I'm never getting married, and I'm never having children. That was, that was my confession. Uh, even when I got into a relationship, it was like, I'm not marrying you. I want to be with you. I want to, uh, you know, I, I want to do some things with you, but I am not marrying you, and I'm not having any children. So I, I couldn't even commit to a relationship. And this followed me all the way from, from my pre-Christian time even into when I was serving the Lord. And so it, it was amazing because when I met Heather, that's when things began to change and God began to show me 
the stronghold that was spoken over my life when I was 14 years of age. And it's not that I don't believe my dad intentionally did that. I believe he was needed a counselor, and I was the only person in the room at that time. But those words had almost destroyed my life years later. And so fast forward as me and Heather uh, figured out that, wow, we're kind of attracted to one another. And, you know, immediately we said, you know what, we, we exposed ourselves to each other and said, you know what, this has been my history. This is, but I want to I I have a godly relationship. And so we submitted to our, our spiritual leaders and uh, we carried out a godly relationship. We had some strict rules and guidelines. And, and I remember even as we progressed and we really felt like, man, this, we're, we're for each other. And, 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 and I, I was almost at that, that day that I was going to propose to her. And I'm driving down the road. All of a sudden, I had a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack, but I had a panic attack, and those words came back, and I had to pull the car over on the side of the road and get a hold of myself, and I began to weep and cry because I was scared to death. I thought, you know what? I'm going to ruin my life if I marry this girl because she's going to want to get married. She's going to want to have children, <clears throat> and then I'm going to end up just like my dad, broken and beat down. And so finally, as, as I pulled over on the side of the road, almost shaking, the Spirit of God broke through. And he began to bring that stronghold up. And right there, I began to cry out to God. And I took authority over those words. And I pulled them down, pulled them out of my mind. And in that moment, God freed me instantly from the effects of those words. And I started my car back up and went ahead. And I did propose to Heather. <laughs> but I, I owe it all to God who brought both of us to a place a broken place where we know we needed him to operate godly in our relationship. And I'm so thankful for that because we still draw from that today. We still pull from that today. Whether we're helping people that are, that are, that are dating, divorced, or in a marriage, we're able to really point people back to God to help people understand what are the hangups that keep tripping. How many know there's always those hangups that keep tripping you up? You know, whether we want to admit them or not, there's always those things that, that they're always... Uh, uh, creeping up. And it doesn't have to be a big thing because the Word of God said it's the, it's the small little foxes that spoil the vine. And so we're going to talk a lot about that because it's those little things, guys, that, that can add up and, and, and make something explosive in your life and in your marriage. And how I many know we're smarter than the devil? A few of you know that. I'm going to ask you that again. How I many know we're smarter than the devil? Amen? And we got to understand, listen, you know, the devil's after our marriages. We've got to be so smarter than him because here's the deal. When, when, when there's two people, Jesus said, all, all I need is two of you to be in unity, to be in agreement. If any two of you can't agree, see, that's the power of marriage. But how many know sometimes it's hard to stay in agreement? Can I get an amen on that? Now, don't look at your spouse, but you can, you can look at us. See, I can tell by the tone of your voice. Some of you say, amen, brother. You you nailed it there. You read my mail. And yeah. But we're going to help you. We're going to help you with that. <laughs> Let's do something again, guys, before we get started. We're going to dive into some of our curriculum. But stand back up with me. And we got this little exercise. And um, what I want you to do, now we're going to get a little romantic here tonight. Because that's why we came, right? I love that. Y'all got a little, is this your, whose, whose baby is this? Who's Got a newborn? Newborn? Oh, she's got, she got to be, oh, man. Newborn too? All right. Give newborn. Just bless them right now. Just say, Lord, help them. Lord, help them. Lord, be with them. Grace them. And, and give them strength. Amen. 
How many of you remember those days? Huh? Some are like, I'm trying to forget them. No. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, grab, grab your wife, man. Grab your wife again by the hand. And I want you to look her in the eye. And get serious, because this is it. Okay? Now, repeat these words after me, men. But you do them in that strong, sexy voice, okay? Say, baby. Okay, y'all were weak. Come on, one more time. Men, you got baby. I love you. No matter how crazy I can act sometime. Okay, ladies, repeat after me. Look at your husband in the eyes and say, baby, I love you. No matter how crazy you can act sometimes. <laughs> now, men, we get that. We understand that. And we can take that on our shoulders. But let's pray before we get started, because I believe God's going to do something special this weekend. How many of you feel that? Absolutely. And God's going to do something special, and not because we are here, but because God is here. And God is all about strengthening the marriages. And because everything, listen, whether they realize it or not, everything comes out of the home. You know, so many times if we're not careful, we can, we can blame media, we can blame politics, we can blame society. But everything that we see in front of us comes out of the home, comes out of relationships, and it comes out of marriages. Kids leave home, and they carry everything that they've seen before their eyes. Everything that we see comes out of marriages. I want you to understand that. Everything that, that we, we see with our natural eyes, it's produced in the home. That baby's going to grow up. And it's not the educational system that's going to raise that baby. It's not the church that's going to raise that baby. It's the marriage. Y'all tracking with me? That's going to raise that child. It's the marriage that's going to put morals and, and values on the inside of that child, whatever they see before them. And that's why we've got to be smarter than the enemy. Amen? I mean, no, kids will call you out when they see you acting crazy. Our kids do it. Our kids do it all the time. Why? Because they're always looking. And so we want, we want to invite God in. Amen? Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for the marriages that are here tonight, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are strong and, and mighty in the midst of us, Lord Jesus. And right now, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would surround us, each and every one of us right now, Lord God. Open up our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to receive everything you have in store for us. We thank you that our hearts are in your hands, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that even as we go through this weekend, that we are ever in tune with what you are speaking to us. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a word for each and every marriage that is here tonight, whether it be a word of healing or restoration or just a word of refreshing, Lord God. Just maybe it's a word of encouragement. We just declare in advance, Lord God, that we will walk out of this weekend stronger than ever, that we will walk out of this weekend, Lord God, in agreement, on assignment, and in purpose for what you have in store for our marriages. We thank you for this, O oh God, and we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, and you can be seated. 
We're going to dive into some of this, then we're going to get into your workbook, and then we're going to have a lot of fun, guys. Y'all ready for this? All right. Uh, now, here, here's a little something, guys, that I picked up here. It's kind of a little uh, humor here, but, uh, you know, when you hear the word marriage, what do you guys think about when you hear the word marriage? Just what comes to your mind? Just call out a word, marriage. Two people? What? Opposites? That's a good one. What else? You hear the word marriage. Covenant? Okay. You see, that's the spiritual word, covenant. Union? Union, spiritual word. Okay. Anybody else? Companionship? Work. Who said work? Stand up. You said work. Give that brother a hand clap because that's, that's a good answer. You, you think about that. It's work. Come on, let's, let's, now here's the deal with us, guys. We, we love God, and, but, but we're going to get real because marriage is work. Amen? It's, the easy part is going to the altar. You know, that big day that you're trying to make all perfect, and that's the easy, that's the easy thing. But the day after, that's when the work begins. And you wake up and you realize that you committed and when the first thing happens, I mean, you, know, you can't just run away. You know, and we got some funny stories to talk about that because, you know, what, the day after we got back from our honeymoon, we don't, I don't know when we're going to talk about that, but the day after we got back, I thought I married the wrong person. I thought, oh, my Lord, <laughs> what is going on here? You know, but marriage is work, and so we're going to talk a lot about that. But I came up with some funny things here, and I think they got pictures for the, for the big screen there. But here's something about marriage. Uh, marriage is when a man loses his bachelor's degree and a woman gets her master's degree. Uh-huh, you know. I just want to add something to that. This is not one of them, but a marriage is when a man no longer knows how to drive. We just had a three-hour car ride. I'm just saying. Three-hour car ride. I told her five times, baby, do you want to drive? I can pull over right now. How many guys ever been there? I thought I could drive before I got married. And evidently, I drove for 30-plus years not knowing how to drive. It's called marriage. Amen? <laughs> That's what it's called. So Clint Eastwood said it this way. He said, they say marriages are made in heaven, but so is thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. See, we're going to be real because here's the deal. You know, you, you know the couple that comes into church every Sunday, Pastor Bob, and they're like, oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. It's a, it's a beautiful day. And, you know, they just got through arguing in the car. And, and, and it's like, you know, but here's the deal. We're all human, and we're all people, and God understands that. And so, you know, it's, it's a, when I hear people that, have been married a year, I think that's a, that's a miracle. That's a testimony. When you, when you look at the odds of it today, that is, a, that is a miracle. That is a testimony. Every time you cross a year, that's a, you need to celebrate. And I'm not just trying to, I mean, you need to be thankful for that, that you still like each other. Now, we can still love each other because here's the deal. We're, how many know we're commanded to love each other? Come on. But liking each other, that's different. And when you still like each other, that's awesome. Amen? I, I tell Adonis, uh, so he makes me upset sometimes. Um, we're being real here. And I'll look at him and I'll say, baby, I love you, but right now I just don't like you. 
And sometimes that's how I feel. Now, luckily, that's not majority of the time, but every now and then, I have to, I have to tell them that. And that's my way of saying, I'm not happy right now. So when y'all see my social media posts that I'm out with the kids and having daddy time, yeah. I'm joking. I'm no, joking. he's joking. No. This is a joke. We're going to have fun. We're having fun here tonight. But here's another one here that's funny. Uh, a man is incomplete until he is married. After that, he is finished. <laughs> now, here's a cool one right here. Now, this is something that we're all married, so this is, you know, maybe we will... This is after the fact, but this is for those single folks. But some of you are going to get this. You'll understand. Now, uh, Will Farrell said it this way. He said, before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. I mean, you got to do something. You, you know, we, we, tell, we tell dating couples, you know, well, at least I tell the guys, and they just freak out. They get so scared because, you know, they come to me and say, oh, man, this is perfect, and and." everything is going good, and, and we're just happy all the time. And I said, I said, that's good, brother. I said, what you need to do, you need to do something that just totally ticks her off. And he looks at me like, well, pastor, I can't believe you just told me to make my girlfriend mad. I said, no, trust me, you need to, because you need to see how she's going to respond. He says, what should I do? I said, call her and tell her you're going to take her out on a date. You're going to be there at 8 o'clock to pick her up. And I said, don't pick her up. I said, all it takes is just one time. That's it, one time. You look at all the ladies' faces. I know, yeah, here. yeah, look, look, she over here like, oh, she's shaking the head. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. How many know, how many know when, when you get married, that's, that's when the mask comes off? Uh-huh, y'all know what I'm talking about. That's, that's when things get real. And so we encourage those dating couples that are in love, that everything is going good? Well, no, no, you're not ready for the altar. You need to do something to see how y'all are going to handle when one of y'all are upset, when one of you disappoint one another. Now reflect back right now on what it feels like to be disappointed by your spouse. Just think about that. Don't look at him and get mad. But I mean, no, you got you to you know how to work through that. And you got to know how to handle that. Because if you don't, that opens up a door for the devil to come in and convince you that you got the wrong one. Uh-huh. So you got to be solid in your commitment and understand that when you make a decision, it's not about your feelings. I mean, no, marriage is not based on a feeling. It's not. It's not based on a feeling. Because there's many times to where... We have to tell each other, we, I love you. And like she said, but right now I don't like you. So it's not based on a feeling, but it's based on a commitment. And it's based on a commitment that you made before God. So here's the deal. Because you made it in, in the eyes of God. Yes, there was a pastor that, that performed it, but you better know that God was there too. And if God was there when you got married, you got to understand God is still there with you. And he will be the one to give you strength. He will be the one to help you. For some of us men, how I many know pride can get in the way? And he will be the one that will help you overcome that pride. I didn't know I had pride until I got married. And when it came out, guess what? I was too prideful to even deal with it. 
And so we got to know how to work through some of those things. Now, I, I probably feel like I just body slammed you because we, we're going to laugh, and then, but then I, I make you laugh so I can body slam you, and it won't hurt that, that hard, okay? Okay? We're gonna, we can, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do all that stuff tonight. So, but, but that's the whole deal, guys. You know, with, with Heather and I, it's, uh, you know, we stand before people all the time, and, and we, don't, we don't profess to have a perfect marriage. Uh, it's a marriage that takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. And here's the deal, just to, just to pull off the mask, you know, it's, you know, being a pastor, and, and I've been in ministry for a long time, and, and Heather uh, had never been in ministry. And so I remember when one of the things that we looked at each other, Pastor Bob, this was so key for us. Because, I mean, you know, sometimes you can put some expectations on people and they don't even know about it. And one of the things, you know, I looked at Heather and I said, I will never expect you to do what I do. I said, I will never have that expectation for you. And she looked at me and said, I will never expect you to do what I do. Number one, I'm not smart enough to do it. But we looked at each other and said, if God is bringing us together, then we're going to believe God that there's going to be a great purpose that we, don't, that we can't even see yet that's going to come out of this marriage. And we believe it has. And, and it's our story that helps others, amen? It's our story that is, that is helping people uh, with their relationships and with their marriages. So, cool. So, uh, let me start off with this, guys. Then we're going to get into some scripture. And then we're going to do something real cool because it's Valentine's Day weekend. And then we're going to get into some of our, our curriculum. Um, a couple of months ago, I had three close friends that, just out of the blue, that... One was a phone call, one was a text message. This was all within, what, a week? And then one was a Facebook message. Good friends of mine, and all within a week, they called me, and all of their marriages went south. And I'm talking bad south, far south. And it got so bad to where after the third one, and I remember driving down the road, and, and I thought, oh, my Lord, what is going on? And I mean, no, and, and with me, guys, and Heather, Heather she'll, she'll testify to this, but with me, when I start getting stuff like that, and, and the devil tries to bombard my mind, because I'm thinking, man, these are, these are, these are some close friends, and, and they notify me to tell me that the marriage is over, and you couldn't call me beforehand and tell me, hey, I'm, I'm going through some stuff. And so when I found out all was going on, I remember going home to Heather, and, and, and I'll let her talk about this. But I'll, I'll go to Heather, and I'm like, baby, is everything okay between us? And, and he'll randomly do that to me. He'll, are we good? I'm just checking, and I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, we're good. Dude, I, I'm fine. And then I start asking, are you fine? And we both have to check each other because sometimes I think with him, he processes stuff, and then it, it comes out, and he, he really thinks about what's going on, and he has to question is that what happened with them? Was their marriage, it looked fine. Yeah. Everything looked fine from the outside. And then all of a sudden they're calling him and telling him that they're, that they're getting divorced. Like he said, they didn't seek help. They didn't reach out in any way. And pretty soon he starts thinking, well, is that, is that happening with us? Are you okay? Am I okay? And we, and we check it. And he does this, which is actually at first I, he started doing it. And I started thinking, we're fine. 
And why do you keep asking me that? Are we fine? But it's something that is important, I think, to check with each other, to check in and make sure, because sometimes see, things seem like they're going fine, or sometimes uh, when one of you is a processor or holds on to things, you're not sharing those things with your spouse, and so maybe something isn't fine. So that is actually a good time to say, well, yeah, things are going good. But there's this one little thing. Let's talk about it. Kind of opens that door to. But we are fine. <laughs> and when he asked me that, you know, I'm not annoyed. I think I was annoyed for a while at first, but we're not annoyed. I'm not annoyed with him. He's just checking in to make sure. Are you okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? And if at that point one of us isn't okay, it opens that door to talk about things and talk about any issues we might be having. And sometimes I'm like, I keep saying, yeah, we're good, we're good. And then I'm like, well, maybe I should come up with something. Is there, so, is there something? Because I feel like I keep saying, yeah, we're good, we're good. But is there something that I have to start and think about? But that's a good thing. That's always a good thing to make sure that you are good and that you're checking in with each other and making sure that you're okay. So if you're writing notes, write, write this word down, right? Check up, check up, check up. You, you got to do a check up. And here's the deal. It's, it's, a, it's a maintenance. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. But uh, those were the things that kind of went through my mind when, when my friends texted me and messaged me. And, and I'm thinking, you know, they just got blindsided. But obviously there was nobody just decides to call it quits from a knee-jerk reaction or overnight. And so it really impressed in me and, you know, I think at first it was just out of fear, like, oh, my God, you know. Uh, I'm looking at my friend's post. I mean, no, Facebook. Here's the deal about Facebook. How many guys post pictures and you see social media? And, and here's the deal, you know. Facebook is a way of showing something that may not actually exist. Okay? So don't ever, get, don't ever, look, don't ever compare yourselves or your marriage to somebody else's that you see on Facebook. The best thing you can do if you want to know what's going on in somebody's marriage is to sit down with them and ask them. And so with me, it's like I'm seeing all my friends. I'm like, well, they look happy and, and everything, and I see pictures. And Because I even went back to some of their social media posts, and I'm like, well, I said, Heather, look, they're smiling here, and, and what's going on? And so that really put me in the first. It was that fear mode. I'm like, baby, are we okay? Everything good? And, and so, but then, it, you know, as Heather said, I believe I balanced that out because I want to make sure, because, listen, you don't ask. You'll never know. And if you love your marriage, love your spouse, you owe it to your marriage to do a checkup. Now, here's the deal. When you ask the question, be ready for the answer. You can't defend it. I know we're real good about defending ourselves. We ask the question, baby, is everything Okay. And she said, well, no, I don't like the way you did this. Well, what do you mean? I, no, I did this because I, yeah. And so then, it, then there's an argument. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But if you're going to ask the question when you do a checkup, you've got to ask. We tell people all the time, before you have any type of those kind of conversations, grab hands and pray first. Invite the Holy Spirit in. Holy Spirit, we're about to do a checkup on our marriage. We're about to do some triage. What do you do when you... When, when your kid has an accident, you go to triage, and they start checking everything. And so, Holy Spirit, we're about to do a triage on our marriage. But before we open up our mouth and ask the question, we need you to take full possession of us. Because you need to hear through the Spirit, not through your flesh. You need to speak through the Spirit, not through your flesh. Because you're trying to better your marriage. Amen? 
You're not trying to defend something. If something needs to be changed, it needs to be changed. If something needs to be done differently, it needs to be done differently. And so when you ask that question, be ready for that response. And if you don't defend yourself, because here's the deal, once you start defending yourself, now you've put yourselves on opposite teams. And one of the things about Heather, she always says this, that we're on the same team. So we love to fight, but we fight together because we're on the same team. Amen? And so that's very important right there, guys. You got to do a checkup constantly on your marriage. Ask the tough questions. Don't just, don't just let, it, let it go que sarah, sarah. How many of you guys have ever been scared to ask the question? Because we can, we can get in that position as well. We can know something is wrong, but it's like, especially as guys, it's like, you know, I don't want to hear it again. And if I ask, and then, I mean, no, that's the wrong attitude. We've got to be willing and ready to ask those tough questions to allow something to come to the surface. Because here's the deal. If it never comes to the surface, you can't deal with it. And if it's under the surface, it can, listen, it's going to grow. It's going to fester. It's going to build up. And before long, what built up with my friends was some text messages that said, she left me. Or he cheated on me. Oh, it just broke my heart. And so we're here tonight, guys. Once again, we love people. And we have a heart for marriages. And so we believe God's going to do something special here tonight. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, verse 21. We're going to go and see what God says about marriage. And, and I use these when I, when I perform weddings. And I mean, you remember your wedding. I mean, you were thankful for that day. Amen. It's a day that your life changed. Amen. And then it changed again the following week. And it kept changing. That's called marriage. Okay. So, and, and you, you'll get it, because me and my wife, we can be driving down the road, and, 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 and once again, she can, she can say, hey, pull over, or, or, or she'll grab me, slow down. And it's like, I was already slowing down, I said, thank you, babe, for saving my life, because I was about to hit that car. So I just go ahead and give her the credit. You just got to do that. It's called marriage. Okay? So, here we go. Ephesians chapter 5. I'll let Heather read that, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, and then we got some cool stuff we're going to do. Uh, verses 21 through 32. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Now, that's cool right there because, you know, we, we use that in a lot of marriages, and, I, and that's one of my favorite verses that I use in marriages. And we got to understand that, that 
when when we love to talk about what it means to be submissive because you know if you're not careful it's so easy for the guy to think that you know his his word trumps everything or his and and so we like to lead off by you know as a man yes I'm the priest of my home but I yield to my wife quite often and and we do that very intentionally and we want our kids to see that as well and so because we come across a lot of people that well you know a lot of girls sometimes be like well I don't want to submit and so they've got a, a, a skewed uh, perception of what that means and so uh, in in our uh, when we got married, and it was like, you know, Heather mentioned earlier that she's stubborn, so I can say that because she said it first. So I can be in agreement with that. But one of the things about her is, and we learned this through some personality profile tests that we took before we got married, so it teaches us how to communicate to one another. I mean, I think that's important because sometimes we think we know how to communicate to each other, but whether you realize it or not, we all have filters on. So no matter what comes out of the mouth of your spouse is going through some filters. And they can say one thing, and you totally interpret it a different way. And so with Heather, she, she, she told me in, early in our marriage, she goes, now, she goes, I don't like to be told what to do. And I didn't understand that until we got married. <laughs> he has spent the last nine years still trying to understand that I don't like being told what to do. And he, he's, he's still working on it. See, again, work. Marriage is work. This is a, wor a work in progress still for him. If you, if you package it nicely for me without telling me what to do, I do really well with it. But if you blatantly tell me something, I don't want you doing this, what am I going to do? I want the exact opposite. So you have to learn how, how to communicate with each other, and you have to learn that, to me, submitting, like, like Adana said, to most women, that is a very, has a negative connotation that women don't like to be submissive or submit. It's even been all over, honestly, all over the media, and there's been things with Candace Cameron, and there's been things even with our book that people are negative towards the woman submits, but in the church it has such a negative, well, outside of the church it has such a negative connotation, and even within the church because it's all it's thought of is women have to do what their husbands tell them to do, and that's not at all uh, what that scripture is about because the very next verse says that men are to love their husbands as Christ loved the church, and it's, or um, as Love their wives, I'm sorry, not their husbands. Love their wives. That's a different <laughs> church. <laughs> love their wives as Christ loved the church. And, you know, those two go hand in hand. They're reciprocal. If a man loves his wife, it's easy for a wife to submit to her husband because she knows that he is loving her the way Christ loved the church. So it's easy for women to be submissive to that. It's easy for women. It's easy for me to know that my husband, he hears from God. So if he's hearing something from God, it's easy to submit to that. It's something as easy as I remember when we took Grayson to a daycare and 
I remember Adonis saying, you know what, I just, I just didn't have a good, a good feeling about that daycare when we were looking for a daycare for him, and he just didn't have a good feeling. And I just thought, you know what, I'm not even going to question. Whatever that is, I am just going to submit to that. And, it, and sometimes I want to say, you know, it would be easy for me to, as a woman to say, well, I liked it. I like this and that and this and that. But it's in those moments that we are truly tested that we have to go – Go ahead and say, you know what, I trust. I trust that what you are feeling is from God, and I'm not going to question that. I'm just going to submit to that. And sometimes there are hard things. There are things like budget. When we got married early on, I was always in control of my own finances, and Adonis was in control of his, but he was better than money because in every family, and I could be wrong, in every couple, you have a spender and a saver usually. And... I heard an amen over there, so we. (laughs) (laughs) And I was the spender, and Adonis was the saver. So I recognized that, and we decided, we sat down when we got married, and we decided that we were going to have a budget. Well, we sat down together, and we came up with this budget together. It wasn't that he was like, this is what we're going to do with our money. We sat down, and we agreed on this budget. But let me tell you. When it was time to carry out that plan, that was difficult for me because I'm like, wait a minute, I, w- I want to go spend, I want to go to Kohl's and I want to spend money on this and this and that. And Adonis was like, well, we, we made this budget. So I had to learn to submit to that. I had to learn that that was something we were in agreement about. And I had to learn that he was in charge of the finances from now on because that's what we had decided, and I had to submit to that. Yeah. And that was, that was a struggle, and, and, and that's an area that, I mean, you know, the devil can get in and really jack some things up. And so, you know, when we first got married, I was, we, you know, well, before we got married, I was living in a one-bedroom apartment. And so we got married. She, she moved all her stuff in and threw all my stuff out. I'm serious, and I'm not, I'm not joking, you know. Because, you know, I'm a bachelor. I had wait, a little futon. Wait. You know, I had my I little did, futon. We didn't throw everything out. I had my TV with the rabbit ears. I, you know, I was, I was bacheloring it. And so she threw my stuff out. We moved in. And so, you know, we knew we wanted to eventually have kids and, and buy a house one day. So we were really trying to, trying to save up for that. And I remember one day, it's like we're in the Kroger parking lot. I remember this. And I'm, I th- I'm thinking I'm doing the right thing because we're, 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 we're budgeting, right? And I look over and she's crying. We, we're parked in the Kroger parking lot about to go in and buy groceries, and she's crying. Now, let me just interject this. I am not a crier. I rarely <laughs> cry, so to see me cry was a big deal. Yeah, I look over. She's crying. I'm like, babe, what's wrong? Did I do something? And she goes, I just want to go buy a pair of jeans. That's all. And I'm like, well, I'm like, but, you know, big picture here, you know? And so, and then in some of those times, too, it's, it's, it's learning when to give and take. You know, because there's times where my wife speaks something, and guys, you, you can probably testify to this. There's some things that when your wife speaks it, you just know it's going to happen. And you just know it, you know. Uh, just, you know, the other day, we're, we're, we're sitting at home. I'm sitting at home. My wife comes home, and, and she goes, she goes, you know, we've been living in our house for seven years. And she goes, she goes, I think it's time for us to, to rip up this carpet and put in some hardwood floors. And I'm like, you know, okay. Start pricing some stuff out, you know, and then, and then obviously I did not move fast enough. 
And the reason I know that is because I'm sitting at home a week later. And she walks back in, and she says, she says, you know, scratch that idea. She goes, I've been, I've been looking at some new homes down the street. And the moment she said that, Pastor Bob, as, as it's almost like the heavens parted. And I knew, I thought, oh, my Lord, I did not move fast enough on those hardwood floors. I knew it. And it's like, and those are the times where you just, you have to hear from God as, as a husband and know that your wife is not leading you into something that's going to destroy you. And so we give and take that away because I know my wife hears from God too. And so, and I believe that honors your marriage. I believe that honors God. And more importantly, I believe if you have children, it shows your children that you guys are both on the same team. And so there's many times where, you know, uh, like she said, you know, I'll tell her, well, well what? I said, babe, you can't do that. And then, then I remember, oh, wait a minute. I said, I, I said, I didn't mean to say that. What I meant to say was maybe that's not a great thing right now. See, I'm trying to backpedal because I know I told her she can't do it, you know. But now I got her, Pastor Bob. We got here, and she pulled up her map when we got to the hotel. And she said, she said there's a charming Charlie's. Right out the front of the hotel. And, and, you, and you know what I told her? Now, guys, y'all going to appreciate this. I said, where is that $50 gift card that I bought you a couple months ago? You know where it's at? It's at home. And I said, I've told you at least three times to put that gift card in your purse. I said, now, too bad, so sad. Come on, man, give it up. Come on, you know, yeah, come on, I, you know, I, I, I put the foot he down. He did, and I am going to submit to that because I know, I know, he's serious. But with that, guys, those are things that we go through. And those, you, you know, you say those are little things. But those little things, guys, we're going to learn throughout this weekend, those little things add up. And, and they create a mess if you don't deal with them in the front end. If you don't sit down and talk about it. If you don't sit down and hash things out. If you don't be honest and open with one another. You know, uh, one of the things, you know, my wife is, you know, I like to move fast. And when we're getting ready to leave the house, it's like, I'm like, come on, babe, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And so I've modeled that to my children. And my children will walk around, Mom, you take forever. We're not going to go to the store with you anymore. Kohl's, any ladies shop at Kohl's here? Look at that. There is a Kohl's the, nearby, right? Okay. You see? Yeah, all the husbands know, too, because they look at their credit card statement, and they're like, yeah. No, I'm just joking. But she loves Kohl's. She loves Kohl's. And I'm thankful for that. Here's the deal. I'm thankful, and God got a hold of me. I'm thankful she loves Coles and not Macy's. You got to find the silver lining somewhere. And she, she loves the shop, but she's a deal shopper. And she got. I love coupons. Was you a coupon? And so God was like, dude, what are you complaining for? She's shopping at Coles. And so I had to shut my mouth, but still, it's like she's not going to Charm and Charlie's. So we already talked about it. <laughs> anyway, so. Here's the deal, guys. Open up your, uh, your curriculum. We're going to jump into that. Y'all y'all doing okay? Is this okay with y'all so far? So uh, give us a hand clap to encourage us. We're going to have some fun. It's going to be real good. 
We're going to go through some stuff in this, this uh, workbook, and Heather's going to read that off, and we're going to interject a little bit. And then tomorrow, guys, we got this awesome. Y'all see those balloons on your table? Now, tomorrow, this exercise that we do tomorrow, it's, it's going to rock your world. It's, it's going to paint a picture of, of marriage. And, and who said work back there? The gentleman said work. It's going to paint a picture of how the two of you, this is so awesome, guys, because it takes two. Amen? And how many guys have ever hit a moment? And, and this is honesty. We, we can be honest. Has anybody ever hit a moment where you felt like you were, you were doing all the work? We've all been there. Because it, it's, it's, it's a ebbs, ebbs and flows. It's like you're going to hit a season where you feel like, okay, I'm carrying everything. And then your, your, your spouse may hit a season where they feel like they're carrying everything. And so that's, number one, that's called marriage. But we're going to show you tomorrow how the two of you, whether you realize it or not, even, even, when, you're, even when you're away from each other, you're still either causing life to enter your marriage or you're slowly letting it deflate. So be ready tomorrow. We're gonna, we're gonna, it's it's going to be good, I, I guarantee you. And so, but we're going to talk about uh, making a marriage. And the first thing we want to talk about is, is uh, how hard it is. Because marriage is for adults only. I believe that. It's not an easy thing. Have I mean, you ever meet somebody that, anybody been married over 30 years? Stand up if you've been married over 30 years. Listen, heroes. These are heroes. Heroes over 30 years. And I guarantee, now I'm going to go out on a limb, but I guarantee you it wasn't all roses. I guarantee you there's times you woke up and you just weren't feeling good. I guarantee you, you woke up one morning, you feel like just knocking somebody's head off. That's called what? Marriage. But you got to stay in it. Listen, when you stay in it, once again, you produce something that has the ability to carry on the legacy and has the ability to carry on life. And, and, and you just never know who's in your home when you think about that as a married couple. You never know who's, who's watching you, who you are influencing with your marriage. One of the things with Heather and I, once again, it's like we needed some positive role models that we could learn from. And we still have those today. So give them a hand clap. That's, a, that's, that's heroes, guys, heroes. God bless you guys. Heroes. So uh, once again, men, grab your wife's hand. We're going to do something here. And then um, now will your husband be with us tomorrow, Barbara? Awesome. Barbara's just reaching out, you know. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, so we'll allow that tonight, okay? Y'all come. <laughs> Everybody stand up. Grab your partner real quick. This is awesome. We're going to have a little vow renewal. Is that okay with everybody? A vow renewal. Because these are those moments where, you know, Jesus said it this way, and so many times we, we forget you know, when Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so many times, we've all hit moments in our life where we forgot that we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We, we've hit some, some problems and situations, and we forgot how big our God was. And we hit those moments where instead of running to God at our first response, you know, we sought the counsel of somebody who we never should have asked them their opinion in the first place. And so that's the premise of communion, I believe, is one of them as well, is just 
as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me so that you don't forget who I am, so that you don't forget the commitment that I have towards you. And here's the deal. The moment you leave that altar, there's going to be all kinds of things that try to cause you to forget the commitment that you just made. It's going to be all kinds of things that you walk through that, it's, 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 you know, the devil's not after your things. He's not after your cars, your homes. He's not after your money. I believe he is after the unity and agreement that you share. Because he knows if, if, I can, if, if he can get you out of agreement, you've opened up the door. If he can get you on opposite sides of the field, he's got you. And that's why it's so important for you and I as, as, as husbands and wives to put ourselves in remembrance. See, those weren't just pretty words that you stumbled over at the altar. Those weren't just cute words that it took you all night, all night to write and, and, and you were shaking and trembling trying to say them properly. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Those were words that you were vowing to one another. That was a covenant that you were making because you experienced something and, and there was a love and there was, there was something that gave you peace they said, this is the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Nobody stands at the altar and says, I'm going to give this two years. Nobody goes to the altar and says, you know what, as soon as the first bad thing hits, I'm out. Nobody. You stand at the altar and you say, till death do us part. And we've got to remember that. I think it's a good thing to practice. I mean, the devil never gives up. I think it's a good thing to constantly practice because it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep your marriage healthy. So we're going to do that tonight. I want you to turn and look at your spouse. Look him in the eye. And I think, do we have those vials up there on the, on the screen? See if they can pull them up. They're looking. They're back there looking at each other in the eye. Look, they're, they're ready. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to read this, but I want you to, I want you to look her in the eye and just, just, Reflect back even on some of your vows. This is, this is, this is your queen. This is the one that, that you said is the one. This is the one that rocked your world. This is the one that, that made you feel like a man. This is the one that, that you knew that God was bringing you together. This is the one that you knew you wanted to spend the rest of your life with. So just listen to this, gentlemen. Do you desire... Now, don't look at me. Look at her. Do you desire to be united in marriage with her, to love and honor her in all faith and tenderness, to cherish, comfort, and keep her in sickness and in health, to forsake all others and to be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? Y'all were a little late on that, but you got it. You got it. You got it. Ladies, you got some good men. They, they were a little slow, but they, we, we come through. We come through. All right, ladies, it's our turn. Ladies, look him in the eyes like you did on the day that you got married, like you did before all of the funk and junk entered into your marriage, like the excitement that you had on your wedding day. 
Ladies, do you desire to be united in marriage with him, to love and honor him in all faith and tenderness, to cherish, comfort, and keep him in sickness and in health, to forsake all others, and to be faithful to him as long as you both shall live? Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this moment. Holy Spirit, that you're sealing this moment right now and putting us in remembrance, all of us. On that day that we knew you ordained and you established our steps, you brought us to a place of unity and union with one another. And we thank you that that seal, that bond is still strong today through the ups and the downs, through the things that happened that we didn't foresee coming, through the good times and the bad times. We thank you that every season causes our love to grow stronger. And Father, we thank you that we'll begin to practice these things and, and, and not just say them at a marriage weekend, but Lord God, when we feel the drifting away, we will put ourselves in remembrance of the day that we stood before you at your altar and professed our love and commitment for one another. We thank you for this. And Holy Spirit, seal this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, husbands, you may kiss your bride. He would kiss you. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jesus, because we don't want to start nothing. Amen. Guys, that is so important right there. Listen, you know, we, 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 we try to lay a foundation before we get into a lot of the, the heavy stuff, but it's, the deal is, if we keep it simple, listen, you guys, here's the deal, guys. It's, you know, they, they, when we were dating, you know, there was a quote going around that says, you know, before you get married, the devil's always trying to get you in bed. Then when you get married, he's trying to get you out of bed. Come on, we got to be smarter than the devil. And we got to realize we're all just a bunch of bag of emotions that we've got to get in check if we're going to walk out a healthy marriage. Amen? Man, I'm feeling good. Y'all good? Everybody good? Uh-huh. Everybody ready to go home and some romance and come back to me? Because I know what happened. You guys went back to that day that you got married, and once you said, I do, you was ready for everybody to go home, and you was ready to go to the honeymoon or the hotel. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on, you, you was ready to go do what you got married for. You know it. So y'all don't want to laugh, and, but y'all know And you did your vows again today, so you can go home and do that tonight. That is your homework. We are assigning homework. But now if you got kids, you got kids, you got you got to maneuver. You got to, yeah. See, so, somebody know what I'm talking about. You got kids, you get, yeah, okay, I'll do, yeah. We'll, anyway. we'll talk about that. All too. right, okay. Making a marriage. Guys, you got your workbooks there. We're going to just do this, the, the first section uh, because of time, and then we're going to get into it tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. So I'm going to let Heather start that off. But. The first point is making a marriage work like the gentleman said in the back making a marriage work 
Yes, marriage is hard work, but it's also relative. Husbands, turn to your wives and say this. This is so key right here. Say, ain't no mountain high enough to keep me from getting to you, old baby. Now, here's the deal. It's relative. Because when everything is going good, how many know, guys, how many know that's easy to say? Come on, when, when everything's going good and it's like, baby, ain't no mind, I can do anything. You need me to stop and get some milk at the grocery store, I can do that. But have you ever hit that moment to where you're fighting traffic to get home and she texts you with a grocery list a mile long? Oh, see, y'all know what I'm talking about, y'all. Text you with a grocery list a mile long. I mean, you know, that, that feeling of, oh, baby, ain't no mountain. I mean, you know, that's out the window. But then you got to get yourself in check because here's the deal. It's those little things. So I'd find myself at the grocery store, a, a list a mile long, and it's like I'm going up to people showing them, hey, where can I find this? Because well, my wife is very detailed. I am detailed, and I, I take pictures, and I send pictures. So he brings home the right thing. So that's just a key point you might want to take a note of. Take that's a that's good. That's good. Women, help picture. us out, women. Help us out. Pictures. We're visual. And we don't want to look stupid at the grocery store. Please help us, women. All right. Key number one do what you promised. Like in your wedding vows, love, honor, respect. You guys both looked at each other, and just right now, if you needed a reminder of that, do what you promise to do. Love each other. And that is, that is so key because when you start breaking promises, you, know, you start breaking trust. See, because here's the deal. When you, when you jump into marriage, you get a, you, you get a boatload of trust. Because you've just given yourself to somebody else. You've just joined yourself. But the moment you start breaking promise after promise, I mean, oh, some, of that, some of that trust starts to spill out. And the worst thing that could happen to your marriage is for one of you not to trust the other one. Because you know what happens with that? And, and it could be something simple as, as, you know what? Hey, honey, can you stop and get this on your way home or whatever? Oh, yes, I'll do that. And then you never do it. And then she asks you again, and you don't do it. What, what's happening? See, you, it, it's not so much as she thinks you're slipping out and seeing somebody else, but the trust is spilling out. And it can be a little thing, uh, the honey-do list. Honey, can you, can you hang this picture on the wall? Yep, I'll do that. I'll get to that. And then it's not gotten to. And then can, can you, you were going to hang that picture on the wall. And what does that turn into? a nagging wife. That's what that turns into. But see, the thing is, is that it starts from a, a broken promise. And, and it is, it's okay, man, to say, you know what, I don't have time to get to that picture, but let me tell, I will have time on Friday to hang up that picture. That way, there's no expectation that it's going to get done. But it's a simple thing that is, yes, I will do that on Friday, and then make sure that it gets done. Same with us women. If we say that we're going to do something, then we need, we need to do it just as much as they need to do it. Because trust is everything. Write that down. It's not in your, but trust is everything. Everything about your relationship hinges on trust. 
And here's the deal. You know, when trust begins to be broken, it is so hard to put back together. Never forget that. When trust is broken and little things like that, that's why you don't want to get in a habit of not coming through on your word when you say something. You know, if you've got children, how many know children will remind you and children will hound you? And so my kids, they're like, but daddy, you promised, you know, when, when I go away on trips and I'm, I was in Canada, <clears throat> uh, Monday, was it Monday I was in Canada? And so my kids were like, daddy, will you bring us home something? Oh, yeah. But they make me promise. That's how smart they are. Daddy, you promise? Yes, daddy promises. And so uh, I was in Canada Monday uh, doing an interview and then uh, it was an ice storm there, and I, I sat on a plane. Was it Tuesday? And I, I didn't think I was going to get back to the States. Pastor Bob, I was about to call you on the phone and said, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I can send Heather, and I can, I can, I can call in. But it's like uh, the whole place was shutting down, and ice was everywhere. And, and so we, we, they finally, I sat on the plane for three hours, sitting on the plane for three hours in Canada. And then they finally let us take off, and by then I missed all my connecting flights in Chicago. So I spent the night in Chicago at the airport on the floor with some strange people. And then I started, you know, uh, I called Heather, and she had booked me a flight for the following morning. And so all I could remember was, man, I'm tired, and my kids want me to stop, and I hadn't had time to stop and buy them anything, so I'm contemplating. Should I stop and get something? And, and, but, but deep down inside me, God kept reminding me that I promised, that I promised. So I was tired as all get out. As soon as I got back to the States, first thing I did, I went to Walmart, bought them some toys. Because what? Because I promised. Just a simple thing, a $2 toy for each one. They don't care about what it is. All they knew is I promised. And so that's a huge thing because if I start breaking trust with them, then they're no longer going to have faith in me. Same thing is with your spouse. If you start breaking trust, guys, it's, you know, we, we get all, you know, our mind goes to Hollywood and we think, okay, you know what? No, it's not that somebody is, is sneaking around on you or seeing somebody, but trust, mistrust and trust issues, I mean, it creates a field day in your mind for the enemy. And something like, they told me they would stop and get a loaf of bread, and they didn't. That will turn into, I wonder if they're seeing so-and-so at the office. See, that's how that thing works, because it's, it, it, you, you plant a seed. Never forget that, guys. Whatever you're doing in your marriage, you are planting a seed. Whether it's a seed of trust or if it's a seed of mistrust, and both of those seeds will grow. Y'all tracking with me? So you got to make sure you're planning the right thing. So you got to go back and revisit that. And so, you know, once again, sometimes your flesh doesn't want to do it. My wife, once again, she'll call me, can you do this or this? And it's like, you know, I remember I promised her at the altar. I'd be there for her. I'm going to respect her. I'm, I promise to do this as long as we both shall live. So you've got to put that flesh back in check, amen, before things get out of control. It's so important, once again, to do what you promise. And honor is another part of your vow. And one of the ways that um, I learned early on that I can honor my husband is to always 
always, no matter who I'm talking to, always speak highly of them. Even when we're in that moment of, of a struggle or, or anger moment, I don't go to anyone and speak out in frustration and speak badly of him. I always want to honor him. I want to honor him in front of our children. I want them to know that I honor and respect him at all times. And even sometimes if I have to go away and come back and make sure that nothing slips out of my mouth, or even if something does slip out of my mouth, I go back and correct that, especially in front of other people and in front of our children, because I always want to know that, I always want him to know that I honor him in everything I do, everything I think. Sometimes it's a battle in your mind that you are dishonoring your spouse in your mind. They don't even know about it. And that's something that you have to keep control of and make sure, because if you're dishonoring them in your mind, it's easy to dishonor them with your mouth. So it's important to keep that in check. Make sure that you're always honoring and you're respecting. You're always respecting one another and respecting that if they have certain feelings about something that you're respecting. You may not agree with it. It could be something as simple as, you know, so-and-so is talking to you at the office, and that makes your spouse uncomfortable. Sometimes they, they're, they're getting a feeling or a vibe that you don't even see, and you're thinking, what's the big deal? This is just someone, someone at the office. It's not that big of a deal. But if, 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 you say, if you turn around and you say that to your spouse, that's dishonoring them and that's not respecting them. So sometimes you have to figure out, you know what, if they're feeling a certain way, there's a reason that they're feeling that way. And you need to be honoring to that and respect, respect what they are feeling and carry that out. Because the minute you, you, you talk and say, you know what, it's not a big deal, well, it's a big deal to them. And you're just showing them that, it's not, that you're disrespecting them. And you don't ever want to end up there because that is another one of your vows is being respectful and being honoring to them. Man, and those are things, guys, it's you got to remember that you're on the same team and, and you can't feel like your spouse is controlling you. How many of you guys ever felt like that? I'll be honest. But you can't feel like they're controlling you because here's the deal. If you both are watching over your marriage, you've got to give each other the allowance to be able to, to speak to something that maybe you can't see. And you've got to be able to trust no matter what that God is talking to both of you. And God is guiding the both of you, you know. And it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, with my mind, sometimes I just don't see certain things. And it's like, but I'm always in tune with what my wife is saying. And I don't think she's controlling me. I think she's helping me and is helping the marriage. Amen. It's like, you know, my wife has this rule. She goes, you know, I think that's part of her forensic DNA scientist CSI background, you know. But it's like, you know, she has this rule that, you know, nothing good happens after midnight. You know, that's just, that's the rule. And so we're not partiers. We don't stay out. I mean, by 9 o'clock, I'm tired, you know. And so, <laughs> but she just has this rule, and, and, and she's able to look at certain situations and see things. It's like, you know, that's not good, you know. And it's not that I'm like, well, you're just, you're just paranoid. Because the moment I say something like that, I'm disregarding Maybe what the Holy Spirit is, 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 is speaking to her. And you got to realize you married that person for a reason. And you got to believe that God had something in you that she needed and something in her that you needed. 
And if both of you are on the same team, here's the deal. You know, sometimes you're, you're looking at each other, but sometimes you got your backs back to back with each other, and both of you are watching out for your marriage. That's the deal, guys. You've got to watch out for your marriage, and you've got to call things out when they need to be called out. Amen? So that's a good one there. Uh, the next one, your marriage will not work if it is not managed. It's management. I think this is real easy to put to ladies. We manage things like our hair, our nails. We manage things like our appearance. But sometimes we don't take the time to manage our marriage. It's something simple. Even for, for men, a lot of times we take, they take care of our vehicles for us. You manage your vehicle. You take it in for oil changes. It's the same thing with a marriage. It needs to be managed. You need to check and make sure, like we talked about earlier, that everything is working the way it is intended to work for everything to be happy. It's not going to be happy all the time, but if you work on managing it, if you put the effort into managing your marriage like you do into managing your hair and managing your nails, then it, it's the same amount of effort. It's work. It all goes back to work. Everything is work. Everything in your marriage need, needs, needs to be worked out. If there's, if there's issues, those issues need to be managed. You need to get control of things that, that you're, if you're having, if you're arguing about the same thing over and over and over all the time, I, I always say you keep going around the mountain with the same thing, that's something that needs to be looked at and it needs to be fixed and not only fixed, because sometimes we can fix things and then we, we wind up going back to the same place. We can fix it for a month or two months or even fix it for a year, but we aren't managing it. We aren't doing those same things that we started off doing to fix it in the first place. Yeah, kind of like using duct tape on everything. You know, it, it'll, it'll stick for a while, but having no duct tape even loses its, its stickability and it starts coming apart. And we got to make sure that that we are watching over our, our marriage. And here's the next one. Marriage is a commitment on both parts. You make the decision, and then you manage it. So it's not so much as saying, you know what? Did I marry the wrong person? Or, uh, you know, why is this happening? No, it's like I made the right decision, and no matter what comes our way, we've got to manage ourselves and manage our marriage through this. Because we're all going to go do go through different seasons and different stages of life, and it's all how we, we watch over that how we maintain it, and how we manage it. Amen? Uh, <clears throat> then there's different stages and seasons of your marriage will require different forms of management. I'll let Heather talk a little bit about that. You know, when you guys were first dating, it was easy. Or when you first were married, it was easy to set up date nights. Date nights were probably every Friday, every Saturday night. And then... Things started getting in the way. You started getting busy with work, and that was a stage where sometimes work is, is, takes a little bit more priority than it used to. And then you have kids, and I think everyone who has kids knows that that's a whole nother season that you have to manage. And there's even seasons within seasons of having kids. There's that newborn stage where, you know, sometimes you you have to give more of your time to that newborn than it takes away from your marriage. But then when your kids get a little bit older, we have to put ourselves back in check, and we have to make sure that we are managing 
our relationship because I know I hear we hear all the time of of couples that they have kids their marriage is great they have kids they pour so much into their kids that they forget to keep this good and then the kids grow up which is another season they leave the house and next thing you know they're getting divorced which is something that my parents did because now they have nothing in common because what happened is they lost what was here and they became so involved in the kids that they forgot to manage their marriage and they the kids leave and now they look at each other and they realize we don't have anything in common anymore and that's so important like even with us like our kids you know they'll 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 get mad at us they're like well your mommy you always get to go out and do this and it's like well we have to and then he's like why i'm like well you know if 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 me and mommy don't stay here then it's it's going to mess up everything here you know i'm trying to communicate to a 6 year old and so one time he got he got real mad he's arguing with me and stuff like that and i'm like well he goes well well, 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 Daddy, how come me and Carrington can't go? I said, well, because, you know, because we're adults, you know, and you can't go. And, and he goes, Daddy, you always tell me no. He goes, when, when, I, when I get older, I'm going to say yes to everything. And I'm like, yeah, and then you're going to be calling me, and I'm going to ask you, how's that working for you, son? <laughs> and so we, you know, we, we try to find that time. And here's the deal. It's not always easy, amen, because, you know, our lives are so busy, and with our kids, and, and we're still learning routine. And our, our oldest, he's in uh, first grade. Our little one, she's about to go into kindergarten next year. So now we're going to have two in school. And, and sometimes when we get some free time, it's like, you know, you won't just sit at home, watch a movie, you know, because let's be honest, because by the time you start thinking about, okay, it's, <clears throat> it's 7 o'clock. By the time I get dressed, it's going to be 730. By the time we leave the house and fight the traffic, man, it's going to be 1030. By the time we get back home, why don't we just stay home, you know? And so but that's when you got to force yourself. Come on, it's all about this right here. When you hit that stage of busyness, because here's the deal, you can get so busy, but if you start losing this right here, the agreement, the power, and, and you know when things are not right. That's when you got, you got, that's when you got to call that out. You know, the other day, uh, we had some friends that said, hey, we'd like to take your kids out to a movie. And we're like, yeah, by all means. And so we went and had breakfast. And it was so awesome because we were able to just sit there and talk. How many, ever, how many of you guys do that? Or is it sit there at dinner and you're flipping through here? Uh -oh. oh, you see that post? Oh, you see so-and-so? How many of you ever walk into restaurants and you see couples sitting there and they're both flipping through? I mean, no, that's, that's not doing a world of good for anybody. But it's, it's it, communicating. It was that, you know, some, I like to have girl time, and I need that. But sometimes Adonis has to say to me, you're putting this girl time, but where's our time? And then I really have to put myself in check. Oh, yeah, you're right. When's the last time we went out? And if I've gone out with my girlfriends twice since the last time, I have to make sure that I'm putting this as a priority because we have to now, we have to schedule our date nights, and that's okay. If you have to schedule your date nights, put them on the calendar. Even if it's a month out, schedule them. Schedule a sitter. Get them on the calendar. Do whatever you have to do because we realize that that FaceTime, just even that small breakfast date that we had that was an hour and a half, 
that was so important. It felt like we connected, like we hadn't connected in a long time. You can be at home and having a conversation across the dinner table or be at home and having a conversation, you know, with the TV on. It's not the same as tuning everything out and having that one-on-one FaceTime with each other and just asking. And, of course, everyone always says, don't go out and talk about your kids because that's what we do. Make it a rule that we're not going to talk about the kids because that's where, again, you're putting the kids as the complete center. You have to make sure that you're keeping this okay at all times because, you know, one of the best gifts that you can give your children is a good relationship between you and your spouse, and we always keep that in mind. And one of the things we do, like, you know, Heather was right. It's like I have to, as a man, I mean, I don't know if any other men are like this, but, you know, women, they... They can, you know, they can get together and just talk for hours. Uh, but as men, it's like, I'm like, hey, bro, what's up? Yeah, I'm good. You're good. I'll see you next week. I mean, I'm good. I feel like I've just had a conversation with my brother, and we're tight. We're solid. You know, what's up, bro? Yeah, we did. Boom, boom. We're solid. See you later. Boom. I'm good like that. But I had to understand that, okay, she, women are different, and she really needs her, her girl time, you know? And then it's like, so, so, you know, I honor that, and then she honors the fact that I'm like, I'm like, I don't need to go sit at a table with five guys and talk for five hours. We will, Pastor Bob, we will feel like we've wasted a day, man. You know, I said, I said, I can, I can talk to a guy for like for five minutes and feel like we've just caught up on our history together and, and we're good. And so, but she, she has to honor that about me as well. And so we just, like she said, we, we have to put it on the calendar, make some time, schedule some time because you and I know. If it's not on your calendar, it probably won't get done. Because everything else goes on your calendar. Like I could, I could grab your phone and look at your calendar and your reminders and tell what's important in your life. Think about that. Because you've got scheduled meetings with other people with a reminder because you know that's an important meeting. Put some important meetings on your phone, on your calendar, put a reminder, okay? Put a reminder to be there on time. Put a reminder how important this is. Because if this is not right, guys, it affects every other meeting on your calendar. Think about that. You can't function when things aren't, aren't right between husband and wife. You, you, you cannot function. You know, it's so funny, and, and, and I'm going to close with this, and I know we got to get going, but, but even when, you know, we get ready to do, like, marriage stuff or relationship stuff, speaking, I know the devil wants to get in and throw stuff off. So I'm praying the whole week, Lord, don't let us have any argument. Now, if, now if you're a pastor, you know what I'm talking about. Pastor Bob's refreshing his forehead. You know what I'm talking about. But you know how simple it is for, for you know you've got you to stand before people and talk about marriage. And, and isn't it just like the devil to try to come in and, and jack you two up before you've got to give somebody else some advice? So I'm always on guard and praying all week, Lord, just I'm saying yes to everything, like my son. Whatever she needs all week, I'm saying yes, because I don't want anything to go awire before we have to minister to people. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Why don't we live our lives like that every single day? If, we, if we're so on cue, it's like, you know what? I want to make sure everything is all right between me and my spouse, because this sets the temperature for everything else, for everything else, you know? I tell men that are standing at the altar, when I read Scripture to them, I said, if you forget everything else, just remember, happy wife, happy life. That's it. That's right there. And that's all she wrote right there. So, good deal. Does this help anybody tonight?
Give us a hand clap. Encourage us. Listen, we're, we're going to close with this, uh, an action step. This is for you guys to go home and, and, and think about it because, I mean, no, every marriage needs some work. And if you don't need work, then you're not really married. They got real quiet on me right there. They're like, oh, he must know something. You know, <laughs> no, every, everybody can find one thing that their marriage can work on. So here's the deal. You can, you can talk amongst yourselves with it. You can take this home and do it. But bring your workbooks back tomorrow because it's going to really get good. But list one thing that you promise. Now, you're promising, promise to work on for the benefit of your marriage. And that's taking a pulse. That's looking at each other in the eyes saying, you know, what are some things that we can work on? Or, or asking your spouse, what is it that I can work on to, to benefit our marriage? And listen for the answer. Don't defend yourself because if it comes out of your spouse's mouth, evidently it's something you need to work on. Does that make sense? Don't get mad. Don't defend yourself. Swallow it and then... Go and ask God how you can make that better, okay? And then uh, come back and be perfect tomorrow. So just kidding. I mean, no, it takes work, and you got to walk it out day by day. Amen? Give us a hand clap to encourage us. We're through for tonight. Question bucket, guys. On, on tomorrow, lunchtime, we're going to be doing some Q&A. Heather and I, we love Q&A, question and answering. So if anybody, I think there's, is there some paper on the, the tables? There's papers on the table. If you've got a question about marriage or relationships or whatever, you can write it down. You don't have to put your name on it. We're not going to call you out. Uh, but these are questions that, you know, sometimes people don't like to ask and you raise your hands. But we love questions and uh, submit them throughout the whole entire weekend. And then on Saturday at lunchtime, we're going to be answering those questions. And it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with that. So, so uh, don't be bashful. And you don't have to go into a bunch of detail or whatever, but if you got a question, write it down, submit it, and then we will talk about that uh, on Saturday. And then uh, we've got a few things that we've brought for sale tonight. Pastor Bob mentioned that, that uh, we wrote a couple of books. And so last time I was here, I talked about my book next. That's where I've been traveling. And I've, do, I've been doing a lot of speaking on this. And it's just a, it's a, it's a simple book. It's a resource, a tool. It's motivational, inspirational. It's just to help people. How many guys believe that God has something more for you? Anybody? just in life in general. And so this has been a great resource for people to, to read and just get motivated to grab that dream off the shelf. It's called Next, uh, What to Do When You Know There's Something More, just some great stuff there. And then we've got our Dating in Black and White. Now, we wrote this based on our dating uh, story, but what we found out, Pastor Bob, is that a lot of married people, they, they had some, some children that were at that dating age, and they bought it, and they read it before giving it to their children. They were thought, and they were they, they was, uh, coming back to us and saying, hey, you know what? This book was actually for our marriage because we, we went through a dating process, and we skipped out on a lot of stuff. And so we talk about things like communication, uh, navigating conflict. Anybody ever have conflict in their marriage? Like, who doesn't, right? If you ever meet anybody that says they've never had a fight in their marriage, they are lying, okay? So we talk a lot about marriage stuff as well. So that's back there. And, uh, and then we have a relationship CD where we talk about three keys to relationship success. That's me and Heather uh, doing that. And then we have, uh, you guys were here. When I came last time, I brought about 10 of these these, did y'all do the fast this year? Did y'all do the... So uh, this, I'm going to let Heather talk about her, her cookbook because this is something I had to submit to. 
she is, uh, has led a healthy lifestyle. And when, when, when we got married or before we got married, like I was a guy that stopped at Wendy's and, and McDonald's and I'd get those little dollar burgers. I'd buy like five of them and, you know, I justified it by saying I was being a good steward over my money and I was only spending $5, but I was doing this like five burgers a night and just eating crazy. And so when she came along, she said, oh, that's about to change. So I just submit to a healthy lifestyle. And so she, she made this book a couple of years ago. And my mom always told me the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And that is true. She taught me how to cook. So what I did, I'm a vegetarian. I have been a vegetarian since I was 16, so for a long time. And um, I found that people, when they're fasting, especially the Daniels fast, they're like, well, what do I eat? All I all I know how to cook is some broccoli and, and stuff like that, and I'm starving. So I thought, oh, this is easy for me. I'm going to go ahead and put together a bunch of uh, my recipes and share them, and they're all Daniel Fast friendly. And the best part, I have a picture with every single recipe so you know what it is supposed to look like, and you know, <laughs> and you know if you have hit the mark or not. That was important to me. So we have this out here, and not only is it uh, good for the Daniel's fast, but there are a lot of dishes in here too that you can add meat to uh, when you're not doing the Daniel's fast. But for the most part, they are all healthy dishes. And I did submit to that. Now I still eat meat. I'm from Texas, so. You know, I still eat barbecue, and my kids eat meat, but we definitely submit it to a healthier lifestyle uh, through that book. And a lot of people have gotten that book for the fast, and a lot of people buy it just to uh, start eating more healthy. So all that's back there. And then tonight, guys, anything you buy from us tonight, I'm going to give you one of the best messages that I've ever preached in my life. I'm, I'm very visual, and I do a lot of illustrations, and this is the best illustrated message uh, and I'm not saying that because I'm saying that because this is what people tell me. And so I've got these, and this is going to be free for anything you purchase from us tonight. I'm going to give you, it's three DVDs. It's called God Signs, and I use a bunch of uh, traffic signs on stage and relate them to how God is leading you uh, throughout your journey of life. So I'm going to give this away free. Uh, there's about 30 of them back there, but you know, anything you purchase from us, anything, I'm going to give you this for free uh, tonight and throughout the weekend. God bless you guys. It's always fun to come and hang out with some awesome couples, but we are excited about tomorrow. Be here on time. We're going to get into some nitty-gritty stuff, but it's all fun, amen? And so come out, come out expecting, come out excited, come out happy, because we're going to have a great time as we dive into this manual a little bit more, and then we're going to be doing some some sessions with you guys. Heather's going to be talking to the women. I'll be talking to the guys. And it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun, okay? God bless you guys. I'm going to turn it back over. Go ahead. And don't forget to do your homework. Do your homework. Both homeworks. No, I'm joking. Okay, it's good. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.